You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the OTI Podcast. My name's Colin Kelly. As always on the show, I'm joined by my co-host here, my partner in crime, it is Doug Moore. And uh, Doug, uh, I said to Doug before the show, I'm feeling a bit under the weather today, but pretty much uh, all the Patriots fans out there are certainly not me under the weather. And Doug is one of those after a, an absolutely epic Super Bowl victory over the Falcons coming down from a huge deficit to uh, win it in overtime. So, Doug, how are things with you? Things are going well, as I was explaining to you before we came on. It's a... Uh Let's see, my thermometer in my car says 49 degrees out right now, but tomorrow, at least out where I am, out in, uh, in Massachusetts, we're supposed to get anywhere from 8 inches of snow to 2 feet of snow between uh, tomorrow morning and tomorrow night, so it'll be, uh, it's the calming before the storm, I guess, maybe this is uh, God's way of punishing us for, for winning yet another Super Bowl. Yeah, so Doug told me as well that he's going to be uh, uh, working from home tomorrow, so I can imagine that'll be filled uh, with watching uh, the Super Bowl replay maybe four or five times throughout the day. So <laughs> Doug will be enjoying that one. Obviously, uh, it was an epic game, and to, to look back at it, we're going to be joined uh, in just a few moments by Adam Rank of NFL Network, and uh, he was at the game, so we should get some fun stories from that as well as to, to what the atmosphere was like in person uh, down there in Houston and it was one of those sort of games where it just looked like uh, it was the Falcons did what they kind of did to the, the Packers a couple of weeks ago, got out to a big lead and looked like they were going to coast all the way back but as we'll get to in our breakdown uh, that wasn't to be the case and uh, the Patriots had just a, a stunning, stunning comeback uh, particularly in the fourth quarter and then getting the win in overtime but uh, to start off the show I always like to give a plug to iTunes, Stitcher, tune in all the ways to listen to the podcast, you can stream it as well on OvertimeIreland.com, make sure if you uh, are here for the first time, maybe listening, that you do go and hit that subscribe button, come back each and every week and uh, listen to the show. As we progress through the off-season, we'll have uh, more and more shows to come out. It might go in a little bit more of uh, maybe bi-weekly or a little bit different schedule, but uh, we have had a lot of fun doing the show throughout the season and uh, we'll kick it into maybe some more uh, fantasy and dynasty kind of talk uh, heading into the off-season and obviously with the, the combine and the draft coming up as well, there'll be plenty to talk about as the NFL really never slows down. Over the weekend as well, I had two great competitions with uh, two different organisations that help support OTI here. One of them was footballamerica.co.uk. Unfortunately for whoever won this prize, I haven't got around. It's been an incredibly busy week from the game going to overtime to getting three hours sleep uh, before work on Monday and it's just uh, gone through at a hectic pace so far. We are recording this one on Wednesday. It is my birthday tomorrow so there's been quite a quite a hectic week coming here so hopefully tomorrow at some point I will get that there draw done for the ball from Football America. They are uh, on, online at footballamerica.co.uk. Check out the fantastic store they have there. They're on Twitter as well at FAmerica and uh, really, really good uh, customer service available there. The other competition was from NFL Euroshop and their website is europe.nflshop.com and uh, as course as always uh, we had a during the season a 10% off code there for anything bought on their website and uh, that is back and up and running again since just before the Super Bowl last week so if you want to save 10% off all orders on their website use the code OTI10 at checkout that website is europe.nflshop.com and uh, they have uh, all the new stuff if you're looking for some uh, Patriots Super Bowl memorabilia after that they already have up all the official licensed products there so check that out and save 10% at checkout with the code OTI10 so with all the plugs out of the way uh, let's get straight into it and let's get Adam on the show to talk some uh, Super Bowl 51 
Hi, this is Ross Tucker, and you're listening to the Overtime Ireland Podcast. So joined now on the podcast by Adam Rank of NFL Network. A lot of you will know him from his work on there, of course, with uh, Fantasy and Friends as well. And uh, I always love having him on the show. There's always some uh, fun that will come out of it with his uh, comedic nature. So, uh, Adam, thanks for coming back aboard the OTI podcast. No, the pleasure is all mine. And I think, can we pull back the curtain and say that we talked a little bit beforehand? I didn't realize it's been well over a year since yeah. I've been on the show. And, of course, it's because the the time schedule of Fantasy and Friends is just falling right. Typically, I would be preparing for our show to go on the air. But now, you know what, I just I don't have a whole lot to do. Yeah, I was thinking uh, the Super Bowl happened. Uh, Adam was obviously at the Super Bowl, and I thought maybe this is the time to, to reach out and see can we do it because uh, it is uh, it always falls. Well, my schedule is quite open, uh, but Doug's schedule uh, with his work schedule and different time zones and everything can be hard to fit it in. So, But it's, it's great to have him on uh, yet again. Obviously, I mentioned there, Adam, uh, you were at the Super Bowl. The Patriots won in, in quite epic fashion, 34-28 in overtime. They were 28-3 down uh, late in that third quarter. Uh, what was it like uh, being there in Houston for that one? Well, let me say one thing first of all. If it's been Doug that's kept us away for more than a year, then I'm <laughs> I'm not happy with him. Uh-oh. Oh. That's that's just that's just rude. Shots Sorry, fired. I don't want one of the bus. <laughs> oh, but <boy. laughs> um, and Doug's a Patriots fan too, so maybe it's uh, time to oh, he's time fine, to part ways. <laughs> no, no, no. I you know what I I feel like. I'm the only person who is not ha- who's not a Patriots fan or a Michigan fan uh, who is actually rooting for the Patriots, and it That's it got so bad. Game. I got my I, I know I got my wife involved too, and she was kind of rooting for him. I love Tom Brady, and I've always I've always loved Tom Brady. And I will say this: I was a fan of Tom Brady back in 2001, which means I was probably a fan before most Patriots fans were. So um, I don't I don't feel I need to apologize because that, that's the one thing that a lot of people don't like to talk about is how great this this franchise has been. Like you guys were almost the St. Louis Stallions, which would have been the name of the team. They were about to move them out of New England. Uh, but Bob Kraft stepped up because he was a longtime season ticket holder, saved the franchise. So, uh, you know, I think he deserves a lot of credit. And then uh, but it's a, it's a little it's a little part of history that a lot of people don't like to explore now because yeah. they've been so successful and they've been to me the most uh the most dominant dynasty pretty much of all time. I know a lot of people look back and at a, the Boston and, a, and any sport. Yeah, of any sport. I mean, okay. I'm going to say the four major uh North American sports cuz I don't want I listen, I don't know enough about the English Premier League. I don't know enough about rugby, and I know the All Blacks have had like a huge run of success. So I don't. I I would be I would be coming from a from a from a place of ignorance. But when you talk about the four major North American sports being the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, and the NHL, uh, I would say the Patriots number one because like this is an era of sports where they're going out of their way to make sure that teams aren't dynasties where there's free agency and there's high turnover. And you think about what the Patriots have done since 2001. It's, it's incredible. And only two guys uh, on the field have been a constant. Of course, that's Belichick and Brady. Yeah, de- definitely. And, uh, you know, looking at this, I'm going to put just both on the spot. And 
Uh, I think I'll let Adam go first since he's the guest. But uh, looking back at this game, and there was so many key points in it, I'm going to get you to try and pick out what you thought was the ultimate key turning point uh, in this one. The time when I really started to believe that the Patriots could come back and win it was that uh, uh, Julian Edelman catch where it was tipped up in the air and it luckily it was going to be intercepted. Then he caught it and it kind of bounced off one of the Falcons player's shoes and he, he kept it in his hands. I That was the time where I thought, yeah, this seems like it's uh, really written in the stars for the, the Patriots. And with the Patriots Super Bowls, whether it's uh, the Tyree catch, uh, whether it's Malcolm Butler's interception, there always seems to be that crazy, crazy play. And I thought that Edelman catch was it. But Adam, putting you on the spot, what was the uh, the the key moment of the game for you? That's a that's a good one right there. And I will I will say this too. I was finally able to watch the broadcast uh, of the game yesterday uh, because, of course, I was down there in Houston. And I think I avoided your your first question about what it was like to be down there, and it was amazing. We can tell. I got some great stories about that. We can get into a little bit later. But to go back to this question, you know, it, the one the Patriots looked so bad. Like when Goskowski missed the extra point you were kind of like yeah like this this isn't looking uh this isn't looking very good but then once once they got it down um they got it down to 16 and you're like oh, okay let's let's see if the page or let, excuse me let's see if the falcons can answer then they got it within a touchdown and you're like oh this is this is this is starting to look pretty bad and then of course you know the events unfolded the way they did and uh but i would say I would say once they got the ball back, I, I think once they, they were down eight points and they got the ball back. But I, I feel like even beforehand, because you're like, this is starting to shift. Like, you can kind of feel it. And I'll, 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 I guess I'll delve into this story now. I'm sorry, Doug. I don't mean to cut you off. I know. No, 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 no. Please, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to hear this. Okay, so here's where I was at the uh, – here's where I, I wasn't sitting in the stands. I was just off the field in one of the tunnels. There's four tunnels onto the field from the bowels of the stadium. So I just happened to be in the tunnel where the Falcons owner would be walking out. And incidentally, it was also the same tunnel where uh, Lady Gaga came out. So I was like feet. Actually, feet, I, I, how feet. good was Lady Gaga? <laughs> okay, I'm going to, okay. We're going to go sidetrack the sidetrack the sidetrack. <laughs> Let me say this about Lady Gaga. Uh, it was amazing. And I'll say this, and I know that I'm spoiled that I'm uh, afforded this opportunity to go and, and be in the building when, um, when for these huge games and these huge halftime performances. And being there live, it really does add something to it. It really is just like, especially the sound system at NRG Stadium was like really just pulsing through your soul. Like you really felt every every part of it. And it was a, it was an incredible experience. She was amazing. And compared to the last, I've been to the last seven, this was easily the best for me. Madonna was very good. Beyonce the first time in New Orleans was great, uh, but this was absolutely the best for me. And the coolest thing was, is all her dancers started lining up, and they're you know they're kind of next to me, and I'm just kind of standing there, and they're like coming in, they're doing their thing, and Lady Gaga pulls up in a golf cart, and they start cheering. You know, it was really cool. Like they started cheering, and she gets out of it, and she's telling, she's like, stop, 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 and she's like, everybody gather around, gather around, and she huddled everybody together. So all the dancers. We're huddled with her, and she's going through a pregame speech uh, that would have been, you know, what you would expect from Vince Lombardi or Bill Belichick or anybody like that. Like, really, just impressing upon them, like how big this moment was for them. And we we always think about the buildup of the Super Bowl for the athletes, 
but per but for performers like Lady Gaga, who's obviously a superstar, but her back but her dancers are just you know they're not well known people. You know, a lot of them live in you know anonymously, like we don't know them. But this, I mean, <laughs> forgive the cliche, but this is their Super Bowl. Like this is their <laughs> moment. So she was really, and she looked so intense. Like she was just so, cause I'd seen her earlier in the week. She's very nice. She's got a great disposition, but she's really fired up and just like delivering this speech. And so she goes, and I don't want to give a plug for my Instagram, but if you go to my Instagram, Adam rank at Adam rank NFL is my Instagram. Um, I have a short video of like the dancers walking past her and she's just like focused, like eye contact doing the ICU type of thing. She mm-hmm. hugged some kid. Um, she was like, it, it was, it was just a great moment. And then when she went out and she nailed it and then they ran back and, um, it was really cool because, um, you know, they were cheering like, and again, like, they were cheering like they won the Super Bowl, which they did. I mean, they went out and knocked it up. So it was like, it was something that I've never seen before, uh, as a, as a multiple, uh, multiple attendee of a Super Bowl and just to be able to share that and to, and to see those young men and women and what they were going through and they, you know what they've they've put in just as many hours and just as much preparation as both those teams. So there were actually three teams. You know, actually four. Forget you, you know, put out the events teams who do this stuff too. But you know, you you think about all the people who aren't the teams who have to put in so much work, and for them to go out and nail it, it was a it was a pretty cool moment for me. So, so that's something that I will uh, never forget. That was probably the most impressive thing for me. From the Super Bowl, and I, I, I do admit, you know, I don't think that I, I, I pumped up Lady Gaga, but we did lock eyes, like <laughs> briefly before she went on the field, and I just did the kind of like, I just kind of like, like what shrugged my, you know, like little crinkled my nose, and was like, you got this, like it was a little unspoken thing, you know, like she didn't have to say anything, you know, I don't think we're best friends, but uh, you know, it was it really cool. So, I, so I, I don't know that it did, but it did. I, I felt great. I felt like I was a part of it. But you, you were, you were the catalyst. I might have been. And I, I might have been. I, think, I, don't, uh, I don't need any credit. I think on uh, any NFL podcast this week, uh, that might be the biggest roundup of the halftime uh, entertainment portion of it. But you did start, before I jumped in, you did start to tell us a story about uh, where you are at the sideline. And uh, I decided to jump in. So I'll oh. continue that story. <laughs> well, that's right. So I'm there. So I'm in this tunnel. So this is also the same thing. So you can see the signs. And I was able to see like how well-tuned like everything is like down to the last minute. Um, like for the, for the national anthem, like there's a call sheet that's like, Hey, this thing's starting at six 23. Like it's starting at six 23. There is not a second that is spared. So there was a thing like, this is the tunnel where, where, uh, Arthur blank is going to come down. And you're like, Oh, that's interesting. So with about four minutes to play, the Patriots had just scored and it was 28, 20. And here comes Arthur blank. And I look and I'm like, Oh God, don't make eye contact with him. I don't want to have to, I don't, cause I, I felt great pumping up Lady Gaga, but I was confident in her. I, I knew she was going to go out and nail it. The Falcons, I was like not feeling this. I was feeling the opposite. I would have been like, yeah, you know, I didn't want to, so I didn't want him to see that on my face. So I wasn't really looking. Um, but then the first play, when the Falcons got the ball back, if you remember the first play back, uh, it was Freeman. a dump off yeah. to Devontae Freeman, who, yeah. who, who got it up past the 40, I believe. And so they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were like stoked and they're like, okay, get them on the field. So they run onto the field, you know, they're going onto the, the Falcons sideline. And right after they go, there's the cannons that shoot off the confetti. And in this tunnel, of course, it's the red, black, and white confetti. 
So they're like, okay, get that stuff on the sideline. You're like, no, I wanted to stop them. I want to be like, well, let's, I get what you guys have to do, but I, I don't think that they want to see that stuff on the sideline, but then they move that stuff out. So again, and I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, so everything's going on. And then slowly, but surely there's a, there's a, like a pen behind us where friends and family are starting to gather of the Falcons. And you're like, Oh man, why did you guys leave your seats? Like, I don't like this. And then all of a sudden Arthur Blank's grandchildren come down. And so they're down there and they're, they're very dapper, by the way, they're all dressed nice. They got, bow ties on they look very nice and they now look very worried because at this point the Patriots have the ball this is after the Edelman play they're down inside the 10 yard line and one of the grandkids is like what's going on I looked up a moment ago because there's a monitor there he's like I looked up a moment ago we were challenging that stupid Edelman catch like what happened and I'm like yeah yeah okay guys like they want you on the field. Like, get out of here. I don't want <laughs> so they go onto the field, and you're like, oh, this is so bad. And then the the, the, the crowd of, of um, you know, like of, of Falcons family and friends is just now, it's kind of swelling, you know, because they're just lining up. And they can't, but they're in a spot where they can't see the field, but they can see a monitor. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is this is getting bad. So And you can feel, like, I, I can't turn and look at them. And I can feel everything that's going on. And so, and in addition to that, in addition to them there, there's a bunch of security personnel, the people who are wearing the red, uh, the red polo shirts. So they start lining up in huge groups, you know, because they're going to be out there on the field to make sure that order is maintained. And so there's one kid there. So the Patriots score the touchdown. This kid's like, yeah. Woo. And he cheers. And I'm like, I walk over to him. I'm like, hey, man, like, um, I get it. This is an exciting game. Like, I want to cheer. I'm a huge fan of Tom Brady. But if you look to your right, uh, that's that's the uh, the guys. That's the, the they're they're watching their son lose the Super Bowl. So if you could keep a little bit of decorum, I would really appreciate that. And then they hit the they hit the two point conversion, and and that that security guy and I kind of locked eyes, like gave a nod, like okay, that was cool. Like this is a pretty interesting thing. And then, like, you could look – I did sneak a look, and the family was just so defeated. And then they lose the they, they lose the coin toss, and everybody just was like, oh. Like, you could just feel it, like, oh. And I can only imagine uh, what it would have been like to be on the actual sideline. And uh, <laughs> you're like, this isn't going to end well. And uh, best case scenario – oh, and when, oh, and when Vic Beasley – when Vic Beasley doesn't make that interception in the end zone. Yeah. And it would have been a difficult play. I mean, mind. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. would have had a hard time making that play. But they were so loud and then so like, oh, that was it. Because it's like, yeah, but – and I'm like, oh, you know, you're thinking like maybe they can hold them to a field goal. You might have a chance. Who knows? Uh, but then, you know, for them, the unpleasantness happened. And, uh, you know, the Patriots – when they're fifth Super Bowl, the Falcons are uh, still looking for one. Uh, the, I think the key takeaway there is uh, that Adam had a remarkable amount of uh, eye contact with a lot of people <laughs> down in that tunnel. Yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, I, I think he uh, he had more eye contact with with celebrities in, in one night than than probably you or I will have in a lifetime. Yeah, a lot of humble, <laughs> a lot of humble bragging going on the there. People. 
There was one person, I, but it was Lady Gaga. That was pretty rad. Um, uh, it was a, it was a lot of like unspoken leadership. I think I <laughs> say, no, I talked to that kid. I had to yell at somebody. Well, I didn't yell the, at him, but I did tell him like, dude, composure. The, uh, the it's a, it is actually very interesting to hear that kind of stuff that you don't really think of. And I seen I can't remember who had tweeted it out, but it was the the early edition of the Boston Globe uh, at a picture <laughs> of Tom Brady on that pick six play and Brady on the ground and. Just showing, you know, that how the thing did turn around from those early papers going out, and it's kind of the same as the staff and everything planning that there for you know the whole week, what's going to happen with the confetti, how to do all that, and then all of a sudden there must have been complete pandemonium uh, in the other tunnel because they're probably thinking, oh, yeah, we have nothing to do, we're just going to take it nice and easy for the rest of the night, and then they're they're rushed into the, to get the Patriots confetti and everything out. So it, it must have been absolutely uh, crazy from that perspective. Uh, the next thing, and I'm going to let Doug go first on this one, because I think that might have been a, a record for... Uh, we should get Adam on more often. We kept Doug quiet there for almost 10 minutes. But, uh, uh, Doug, I, I thought that uh, James White should have been the MVP. I know Tom Brady's a quarterback. He led them back. But I think there's absolutely no way that they win this without how G- the way James White uh, played. Uh, three touchdowns for him, a two-point conversion. I think he finished with was it 14 receptions, uh, over 100 yeah. yards. Uh, led the team as well in rushing just a, a phenomenal game for him and you know we we all talk about how Bl- we were talking the preview uh, about Lewis and we were talking about Blunt and how it could go that way with the running game but we didn't I don't think we really mentioned James White all that much but I, I thought he should have been the MVP in this one were you surprised that it went Brady's way did you think it should have been with White I, I remember when when White caught that first uh, touchdown um, you know in the in the third quarter and you know he he really got up and punched the air and I kind of thought like well he's can I know sometimes when you think somebody's celebrating and there's really nothing there to celebrate, but little did I know that it was going to be uh, how they came back into it. Did you think he should have been MVP, or did you think there was any other candidates outside of uh, Tom Brady? Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. So the other thing I want to point out when, when you're talking about that, he set a new record with receptions in the um, in in the Super Bowl, yeah. and I believe the record he broke was Dion Branches of 11 back in. Oh, crap! Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> I'm not out. I'm actually not out. Not out. That's standing. <laughs> okay. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the previous record was 11, which was held by Dion Branch. And I want to say it was back in the, oh God, I want to say it was the 05 Super Bowl. Uh, and if and if you remember, I don't know if you'll remember Colin, but he won MVP that year. Yeah, yeah. That was the only Super Bowl victory that Tom Brady did not win MVP. So I, I am surprised. Um, but again, when you look at this, you know, all, a lot of the credit when, when an offensive tur- an offense turns around like that is going to go on the quarterback. And Tom Brady deservedly said so uh, that that James White should have been MVP. And I agree. Um, you know, that was his first rushing touchdown of the whole year. He had over 100 yards from scrimmage. I think he had over 100, almost 150 yards from scrimmage and more than one touchdown. So uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, but again, like you said, uh, quarterbacks get a lot of. Uh, get a lot of the hype around stuff like that. But even Tom Brady admitted that um, he should have gotten the only other guy I would mention. And I'll say this real quick is uh, Trey flowers. Yeah. Trey flowers had a terrific game. He believe it or not, he had two and a half sacks and that still didn't lead all players because Grady Jarrett had three in that game uh, for the Falcons. But uh, Trey flowers, probably another guy I would mention because uh, he, he was just dominant all night uh, getting pressure on Matt Ryan and, and being in the backfield. 
Just looking at the box score, uh, Matt Ryan uh, threw the ball 23 times. And, you know, the, the Falcons were so efficient and then they had the pick six as well that the offense wasn't on the field all that much uh, in, in total. And then when you look at Tom Brady, uh, 62 pass attempts and 43 completions, you know, pretty crazy with, you know, the, the difference in snaps between both offenses being on the field. And at the end, you could really see that the Falcons did start to, they just were gassed on defense from uh, being out there so long because uh, in the first half their game plan seemed to be to be working kind of perfect against the Patriots but uh, did you have any other suggestions Adam for uh, MVP other than Brady no you guys nailed it and I do I mean and I do and I do agree with the sentiment for James White because what he went what he did what he went out there and was able to accomplish was was pretty extraordinary but I will say this and I'm going to be the guy that always leans towards the quarterbacks and it's it's funny because when you hang out with uh with the with the former NFL players at NFL Network, they're always like very, very um, uh, not dismissive, but they always feel like the quarterbacks get way too much credit. And you're like, yeah, that's great and all, but they touch the ball like on every, every play. play. That's yeah. why. That's that's why. Like they like. Okay, <laughs> would you rather have? You know, I, I, and I asked them. I go, would would you feel comfortable if Jay Cutler was your quarterback? How many? how many Super Bowls do you think you would have won or something like that? And they're like, well, that's, I'm like, exactly. That's the point. And so James White played fantastic. And I think that if he wants, if, if Brady wants to buy him a truck or whatever, he wants to give him some Uggs, whatever he wants to do. I think he deserves it. I think he deserves the recognition. But one of the reasons why New England was able to come back and have the composure and have the wherewithal to make the plays was because Tom Brady is their leader and he's unflappable. And James White could have, could have had that game, but he wouldn't have had that game if Jimmy Garoppolo was the team's quarterback. So True. I think that – so I, I love what James White did, and I really want him to feel great. And I think at one point him and J.R. Redmond can go get together and talk about who is the biggest G <laughs> in the Super Bowl. The Redmond really only had the one catch, but whatever. Uh, but ultimately it comes down to Brady. I would have voted for him for MVP. I'm the hugest Brady mark around especially for non-Patriots fans. So I would say that they got it right, and I know it's a cheap – it's a cheap. that that one doesn't bother me. Like, it bothers me because, like, Brady was great. It wasn't like he was mediocre and they're like, well, we got to give it to somebody. Let's just give it to the quarterback. It's not like when Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl MVP in Super Bowl Forty One when he did absolutely nothing and Dominic Rhodes was actually the key guy in getting him over there. And any quarterback – but the, the 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 Colts could have started. Uh, who was the longtime backup for them? Dick, or what was his name? Not Sergio. What was his? Oh, I can't even think of his name. He annoyed me so much. But uh, or he didn't annoy me. But I I was always a big fan of his, even though I can't even remember his name. That's how big of a fan I was. <laughs> I can't even remember his name. Doug, look him up real quick. I don't have a, I don't have. Oh, Jim Sorgi. That's the guy. Jim Sorgi. Because I was always fascinated. Like cause when the Colts were, were when the Colts were choking every year in the playoffs. Like, do you think that Jim Sorgi's parents sat in the stands were like, "Our son could play"? Like, it'd be fine. Like, I'd always imagine like Jim Sorgi's mom just throwing down a few belts of scotch and be like, "God damn it, Peyton, what are you doing? You're throwing another inner, you know, something like that." Because that's you know that's the way parents think. True. Um, so I, I feel that. So I feel that Tom Brady did do enough to warrant it. And I don't want to, and I don't say this to dismin- di- diminish James White, but I would have voted for Brady. 
And uh, I actually thought when you were talking about uh, how they came back into it, and just before you said Brady was unflappable, I thought you were going to say that you made contact, uh, eye contact with Tom Brady as well, and that's why they came back. But that, that wasn't. Might, what, yeah. yeah. But the other thing was uh, you mentioned how. my presence. Yeah, you felt the presence of the stadium. Uh, the other thing you mentioned was how big a fan you are off Brady, and obviously there's been the story going around that Tom Brady's jersey was stolen from the field. We know you were in close proximity to the field. Are you in possession of Tom Brady's jersey? No, so I was in the airport the other day. <laughs> and oh, I'm sorry, what was the question? Are I you might in have to kill Conway this one and be like, listen, <laughs> let me try to get the fake facts out here. Uh, no, I didn't know it was that easy to steal his jersey. I'm actually now jealous. I'm like, if I would have known it was that easy to swipe his jersey, I just would have stole that thing. And I don't know. I don't know what you do with that. Like, is this a like? Is there a black market for that? Is this some sort of Ocean's Eleven type thing? That's where, what I was you know, trying to figure out. Yeah, I've you got, can't just put it on eBay. I got fence to move it or whatever. I would just want to keep it. But would you? You would. You wouldn't be able to show anybody because then they would probably tell the cops, and then they would probably want it back. I don't know. It's it's, it's a it's bad a thing. One. I feel bad because uh, he probably deserves that jersey, but uh, I'm, I'm still sure. a little bummed. I didn't think of it first. I'm sure it'll work its way <laughs> work its work its way back to him uh, somehow. Uh, the other stat that I thought was uh, fascinating is that uh, the Patriots were the first team to ever win a, a Super Bowl for by leading for exactly zero point zero zero seconds. Uh, the only time they took the lead was when the the game ended in overtime, which. Is absolutely bizarre. Of course, I didn't mention on the podcast yet that it is the first overtime in Super Bowl history. I'm sure many of you have heard that as well. But uh, there's, you know, you could go on and on talk for this. I'm actually glad about the way we talked about it. It wasn't really factual, uh, 100% recap of the game. It was some fun stories that you mightn't hear on any other podcast because it'll be talked to death over the next uh, week or so. Maybe this game will be talked about for a long, long time. And I want to get your thoughts just on one more thing, Adam, before we finish up. I tweeted out this as well. and as a Packers fan, uh, the toughest loss that I've faced, uh, you know, in recent memory was the NFC Championship loss to the Seattle Seahawks when they had the lead and those eight or nine things went wrong, uh, and they lost that one. Then obviously we know that the, the Patriots bet the Seahawks in that Super Bowl. But looking at this game and how the comeback came back, I think that's probably the only game in recent memory that I can really uh, have as a as a comparison in that one. And obviously this happened in the Super Bowl. Do you think this is, uh, without a doubt, the the you know, the biggest or greatest comeback in NFL history? Without question. This yeah, was the so, most, because you got to feel with the, with what was on the line and everything and, and it being the Super Bowl. Now, of course, there'll be other games where teams overcame bigger deficits or even a playoff game. Cause I know a lot of people were pointing to the bills and Oilers uh, playoff matchup from the 1990s where the bills overcame a huge deficit, but they were at home uh, they were a previous Super Bowl participant, so they had a they had a lot of things going in their favor. But this was this was completely different to me because we saw what the Falcons were able to do to your Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Um, when they got up on them, they never let up. They never yeah. let them get back into the game. And I think if there's one quarterback in this league besides Tom Brady who would have been able to rally his team from such a deficit, it would it would be Aaron Rodgers. But we saw that the Falcons had that kind of killer instinct that they were able to get it done, and so. That just adds to uh, to what Tom Brady was able to do. And I know a lot of people have been asking me uh, whether this was more of a, uh, an improbable comeback or, or if, if it was a choke or anything yeah. like that. And I listen, I, I say this. I go, I, if you're a Falcons fan, you're never going to get over this. Like, it's always going to hang. Like, no, no matter what, you're going to win a Super Bowl at some point eventually, I'd, I'd imagine. 
Um, you'll never get over this one. Like, it's never going to be easy to forget about this one. And I, I do say that there were some some things the Falcons could have done a little bit differently. I think if Kyle Shanahan uh, had his, you know, had an opportunity to have the ball back on the 22 yard line in a first down, he would have run it three times, yeah, kicked, kicked the, the field thing. goal, gone up by a little. But but at the same time, if they run it three times and they get stuck, and let's say they don't gain a yard, and let's say that they kick a field goal and miss, well, then everybody's going to hammer him for being conservative. Oh, you don't. You know, you want you play to win the game. You would we would have to hear from Herman Edwards for the next thirty years about you play to win the game. You keep trying to win. You you never take anything for granted. So I'm like, you know, at some point you're like, you know what? Matt Ryan could have probably made a better decision and not gotten sacked, but you know what? They were still trying to play to win the game. So I'll give them credit for that. And at the same time, you do have to shift the credit to the Patriots who had to make a hundred things. Work. I know I mentioned Ocean's Eleven earlier, where there was a lot of cons that were going on, yeah. and all of them have to work to precision for it to, to come out on top. And that's what they did. I mean, they were they were it was the, the Falcons had a ninety nine percent chance of winning. It's nearly impossible, and yet they somehow found a way. So I don't want to I don't want to harp on the Falcons too harshly. And I just and this is weird coming from an American, but I actually want to give credit to somebody for a change. And I want to <laughs> give credit to the Patriots for coming back and doing something amazing. And I know a lot of people, it's funny too, because people are like, was this the greatest Super Bowl? And I'm like, yeah, it was. And people are like, well, the middle of the game sucked. And I'm like, I don't care. I've seen plenty of movies where the second act is terrible. <laughs> but if you, have a great, if you have a great enough third act, yeah. it's going to override everything. So I think that the Super Bowl delivered, everything about it was amazing. And uh, I'm still happy to talk about it. And, you know, Lady Gaga and I, we we had you know we had a moment so that it was all around it was a win a one win situation for you and uh, I don't know how the Falcons fans will ever get over this because although the Falcons uh, blew out the Packers in the NFC Championship this time around I I got over it pretty quickly uh, I remember that NFC game and it pretty much uh, took well over a year before it was kind of comfortable and it still really uh, doesn't uh, feel all that good when you look back at it but. Obviously, Adam, uh, it's been great having you back on the podcast. Uh, the listeners should be following you on Twitter if they aren't already, at Adam Rank. And uh, just before we finish up, obviously, uh, the fantasy season's over, but is there anything coming up that uh, on NFL Network or any comedy you've coming up that you want to give a, a plug to? Well, I do hope that I will uh, be able to still grace the, uh, grace the screen of the NFL Network. I have a couple of... <laughs> of things in the works so hopefully uh this isn't the end of my time you know until august or july or whatever it's lucky uh, but there are a couple of things yeah i'm gonna be doing i hopefully um might even be doing some stuff on our digital network uh the nfl now so yeah. keep an eye on me and again you said if you follow me on twitter i will promise you that i will keep you up to date you can also follow me on facebook at facebook.com slash adam rank and i mentioned instagram earlier yep. but that's slash adam rank nfl some jerk out there named Adam Rankin just wanted to take the Instagram name of Adam Rank. And, uh, he won't give it up. Yeah, he won't so, give it up. Uh, <laughs> That's always. Uh, I don't. Uh, there's not enough uh, famous column Kellys to for me to have that problem. So uh, hopefully one day. But uh, Adam, as always, <laughs> uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, the pleasure was all on this side of the phone. Sorry that it took so long for us to get back together again. But uh, I'm glad we we're able to make it happen. And sorry, Doug, that I took all your time. Hi, I'm Matt Williamson, and you are listening to the Overtime Ireland Podcast.
So that was Adam. Thanks again to him for coming on the show. I mentioned there's Twitter handle at Adam Rank. Make sure you're following it, and uh, you can follow all his comedy stuff and so on there as well. But uh, with uh, you know, really, we've covered pretty much uh, a huge majority of what happened in the Super Bowl. But uh, I always like to give Doug the floor uh, before we end the show with uh, any anything he is coming out this week, and uh, I'll be back in ten minutes uh, when Doug finishes up talking about himself. <laughs> um. No, I, I just think really when you look at this game, it, it, there, there's so many levels to it that, you know, you could go on for hours about, uh, you know, whether it was uh, the, the poor performance in the in the first half by the Patriots on defense or the fact that, you know, they, they scored 19 points in the, in the, in the fourth quarter, um, you know, uh, looking at, uh, you know, the, the, the mistakes of, of, the, of the Falcons, you know, they, uh, they didn't run the ball much in the second half after going up by so many and the run game being really big, um, you know, the, the, the decision to, to keep passing the ball and the, you know, the, the Falcons were in field goal range in the fourth quarter before a penalty and a sack knocked them out of it. And that really could have sealed the game for them. Um, there's just so many different layers to this game that, uh, we could talk for hours about and, and analyze it. But overall it was, it was an exhilarating game to watch. I think for anybody non Falcons fan related, um, <laughs> or anti-Patriots fans related. There's um, quite a few of those. But no. Yeah, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, but no, it, it's, it's, it was an exciting game to watch. And I think if you're a football fan before you're a team fan, then you came away seeing the Super Bowl and thinking, that, you know, this is, this is no doubt the, I would think, the biggest comeback, you know, on, the, on, on any stage in football history, to me at least, considering the Super Bowl and just, you know, the, the change between the first and, second half so no it was, it was a very good game awesome game to to, to end the season it sucks because we're without actual gameplay for about six months now but i think this is the perfect way to top it off yeah perfect way for patriots fans easy for you to say that uh, and back to the question <laughs> doug it was uh it was um to plug any articles you have uh, this week oh so, right, uh, right right that was uh, sorry uh, I, I go i go on and on i go on, and on. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um yeah so as i continue to venture for my next I guess full opportunity. Um, I'm still contributing with a, a few different sites right now. I do have an article coming out uh, this week. It's coming out Friday morning, um, and I look at some of the players for the Patriots. I, I you know, never sleep, but I'm looking at uh, the Patriots. Some of their potential uh, cap casualties, some of their potential release uh, candidates uh, for this offseason, and they're they're. There are quite a few that I look at it, and I look at it not only from a financial perspective, but a performance and roster uh, sort of perspective as well. So that'll be coming out on Friday morning at uh, at Pat's Pulpit. So uh, that'll be fun to do, and, and I got some fun things going on inside the pylon as well. So um, good stuff coming out, but that's that's the one thing for this week. Yeah, so obviously um, that's one to check out later in the week. And of course, Doug is on Twitter at NFL. I'm on Twitter as well at Overtime Ireland. Make sure you're following both those handles. And uh, of course, uh, always happy to have interaction with the listeners on Twitter. So uh, with all that done, uh, with it all done and dusted, obviously I mentioned earlier in the show too, uh, the 10% off code at uh, europe.nflshop.com. That is OTI10 at checkout to save 10% on their website. So make sure that is europe.nflshop.com. Check that one out. So with all that done, everything done and dusted out of the way, um, we may have a show next week, me and Doug will decide that as we uh, move forward here and figure out what we're going to do on the, the schedule basis. 
But of course, uh, I'm heading here towards uh, my birthday, 28 years old, and just a couple Woo-hoo! hours as we record this. Yeah, starting to feel the age, uh, the, the under the weather uh, on the 20th birthday. Sending you a walker. Yeah, always, uh, always a sign of age, just catching up on you. But uh, of course, until we're back with the next show, stay tuned to the Ad Overtime on the Twitter feed, and uh, you'll find out exactly when that'll be coming out. And until then, have a good one. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.